Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Hey, After Buzzers, welcome to the Sharp Objects After Show. We are talking about episode three, Fix, and this episode was crazy. It was full of a lot of underage drinking, crazy siblings, and a whole bunch of small-town murder mystery. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Guys, we are jamming to some Led Zeppelin. This show has amazing music. Welcome, welcome to the Sharp Objects After Show. I am Leslie Powers, Ooh. and I am joined... Oh, and I get these, I love like... that. Light I'm show. I'm going to have a seizure with the light <laughs> show here. Um, I'm joined by my lovely co-host here. Hi, everyone. I'm Heather Geisler. And we are missing Carolina. She is wrapping up on Comic-Con, so it is yes. just going to be the two of us ladies rocking mm-hmm. it out. Um, definitely stay tuned to the end. We have an awesome special segment called The Feminist Chronicles, and we are going to be honoring um, Barbara Ehrenreich, if I'm saying that correct. Yes. Um, she was an awesome small-town journalist who talked a lot about um, making sure that we know how to treat the poor in America. So we're going to talk a lot about that and also our news and gossip with a little bit about Amy Adams' next project. So you want to stay tuned for all of that. And as always, we are in the live chat. Heather is running that. So please join us. Talk with me. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um, We want to hear from you. So before we dive into the show, I want to just hear your initial thoughts, Heather. What did you think of episode three? Yes. Ooh, each episode just keeps getting better and better. I'm like so interested in seeing where everything is going. Also, Emma is crazy. Girl's a little nuts. (laughs) A little. I am loving watching her. She, she is. This yeah, is her ooh, first thing too. Freaks me out. I didn't even know yeah, that. This wow. This is her first acting role or big acting role, I guess. That's a yes. go, girl. Yes, you got it. She's yeah. great. Um, I I think this is the best episode yet. Um, I think it was a slow start, mm-hmm. but now I feel like we're getting into a lot of the like really creepy things, which yeah. is why I want to watch the show because I'm sick and twisted and like all that dark stuff. So um, we're gonna jump right in. Mm-hmm. I want to talk a lot about the case. Because yeah. we still don't know anything yet. What is happening? Um, we have two girls who were mutilated and murdered and taken, and we don't know what happened to them yet. So um, Detective Willis, our sexy, sexy oh, Chris yeah. Messina. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Carolina for that. We yes, know she, she loves him. She loves him. We love him, too. Um, he seems to be butting heads with Chief Vickery yeah. a lot. Yeah. Is, it seems to be like small town cop versus like city cop. Mm-hmm. Even though Kansas City, I guess Kansas City is the city. Yeah. I I feel like this episode, well, Detective Willis is, he's always going around. He's always asking questions. I mean, same with Camille, but Mm -hmm. I feel like we're not learning anything. It's still the same usual suspects. You know, we obviously talk with John Keene and Bob Nash, Mm -hmm. uh, which is great. And we'll get into that. But I'm like, I need more information now. I'm ready. Yes. Episode three. Let's go. I know. I mean, we got the teeth pulling out last episode, so I guess that was yeah. like a little trinket of information. Like, and they still think it's a man. Mm-hmm. And they talked a lot this episode. Detective Willis is like, it's not a trucker right. from some truck stop outside of town. It's not a, a Mexican hog farmer. Mm-hmm. But Chief Vickery is like, 
it is. It's not anybody right. that lives here. And Detective Willis is like, yeah. why do you not want to believe it's somebody yeah. who lives in so your town? My thoughts yes. were he either knows who did it. It's obviously someone in the town and he's hiding he's covering it up. and covering. That's good. Or yeah. he truthfully just doesn't want to believe that it's somebody in his town under his watch. Yes. Because he's the chief, right? And also, how many people did Camille say are in this town? Like... Oh, 2000 or something like everybody literally yeah. knows everybody yeah um well we also have the john Keane factor that mm-hmm. we keep bringing him up as a suspect mm-hmm. and camille runs into his girlfriend when she tries oh, miss to ashley miss yeah. ashley cheerleader ashley because she's trying to get information from john's family mm-hmm. and when she knocks on the door the mom won't talk to her and so ashley you know pulls up and is like John will tell, talk to you if I tell him to because he does yeah. whatever I say. And she's like, people think he's sensitive. Because he's sensitive, he's guilty. Mm-hmm. And because he's so emotional. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder, like, what yeah. does that have to do with I can, anything? I can, I can kind of relate to that. You know, any of those games that you play where you have to accuse people of lying and stuff, I'm yeah. like, I cannot defend myself at all. So, so I kind of feel for him. Heather because... is not guilty <laughs> right now. No, she is not no. guilty. So, yeah, I feel like, I mean, how do you defend yourself when you're being accused of that? And it's his sister. Yeah. So, But that meeting is really interesting. We see how ashley is i don't know what she's her weird, deal is i think yeah. she just like speaks for him she yeah like she's his she seems motherly she seems like overly True. protective like she's keeping a secret did you notice at um natalie's funeral like the, the mom tried to put her arm around john her mm. son and then ashley immediately was like put her arm around it was oh, kind of yeah. like i got she's this like yeah yeah i don't know it's like is she mm. is she covering something for like what mm. is what does he have right <laughs> i don't know what he yeah. has that she's just like he's not guilty yes and have to talk about this. her cheerleading outfit because oh yeah she's just wearing that for fun she's oh, like yes. no school's out but you know i feel spirited today like, so, who walks around? I mean, cool. I, it's like, it's not Halloween. So, yeah, so Camille goes to his house, or Ashley's house. Apparently, um, John's been living with Ashley mm-hmm. and not at home with his family because, I mean, apparently they sound insufferable or just, I don't know. Yeah. They weren't really that clear on why he isn't living at home. I guess he's right. an adult. He's, well, like, he older. he also said that he had been living there since he was a sophomore. Yeah, so we find right? out when Camille comes to interview him that he had moved from a big city to this small town because she keeps prodding him, like, do you like it here? Oh, so... And he doesn't like it in there because he's used to a big okay. city where everybody's not accusing right, him of right, murder. Right. Okay, so he was saying that he's lived in Wind Gap since he was a sophomore. Yes, only Okay, for a few I thought years. he was living with Ashley since he was a sophomore, so I was confused on that. Part. Yeah, he's been living in Wind Gap. So that's a big piece of the puzzle there is that um, he makes a good point. In the big city, you can walk out, mm-hmm. out of your door and nobody knows who you are, but in yeah. Wind Gap... You, everybody knows your story. Everybody knows who you are, or they think they know. And yeah. maybe because he hasn't lived there that long, mm-hmm. people don't like that. Yeah, That yeah. he's kind of the newer yeah. person and, in and, town. And Camille questions him about his relationship with... His sister. Yes. Or I guess she doesn't question him, but she's just kind of like, hey, people are talking about your relationship with your sister. Mm-hmm. And he gets really, really defensive. Yeah, like, he's, he's like, angry. What are they saying about me? Yeah. I mean, who wouldn't? It's, I'm, yeah. it's weird to be accused of that. Well, of course, but people are just whispering because people mm-hmm. want to point fingers and they want to have somebody to blame yeah. for this. And it's mainly Bob Nash mm-hmm. that's saying these things about him because yeah. Camille, you know, 10 minutes before had been interviewing mm-hmm. Bob Nash. Yeah. And asking him, like, you know, do you think the police know about your DUIs? And he's like, oh, I wouldn't hurt my kid. And he's like, what about that John Keene? It's like everybody just wants to kind of mm-hmm. throw it 
Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about Bob Nash because he's yeah. putting this on John Keane. Mm-hmm. He also, both John Keane and Bob Nash are making it sound like the Natalie and Anne, the two girls who were murdered, had this like weird yeah. relationship or they were better, not better off for knowing each other. Did right. you get that? Yeah, no, definitely. Because, well, John Keane was like, I, you know, just if my sister didn't know Anne, right? Yeah. Anne or Natalie? Anne. Yeah, Anne. Mm-hmm. Um, if, you know, I feel like this wouldn't have happened. And he's like, even if we didn't move to this city, this wouldn't have happened. But yeah, I, yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to see more of Natalie and Anne, or not see so. more, but maybe learn more about. What, what kind of friends is, they were. Yes. Yeah. And why are their deaths related? Exactly. So. And they were both tomboys. That keeps getting yeah, brought up over yeah. and over. They, and they're, they're smart. Yeah. And they're tomboys. And we see in the flashbacks that Camille is a tomboy yep. too. So. Oh, my God. It is all circling yes, back. Yes. But Bob Nash also, also mentioned something about John not being able to like contain his urges or he sees him around town being kind of a loner mm-hmm. and, and and that got brought up by those girls that um Camille went to high school with mm-hmm. the week before that they think he's maybe incestuous with incestuous with his sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just yeah. don't know if they're just digging or if that is really right. something he's putting out. Yeah. Like vibe he's putting out into the town. I don't know. I think he's just uh, a lost city boy in the small town. Yeah, or is he just sensitive like Heather? Yeah. And he's, he's, sensitive. <laughs> he's not guilty of anything. I relate of these to you, John Keane. John, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, also, at the end of that Bob Nash conversation, um, Camille's mother, Adora, burst in. Like, oh, my goodness. She, like, Camille yes. is five years old, and she's like, I am so sorry my daughter is here. And she says, Your presence here is inappropriate. Oh, yes. I wrote that quote down, too. Yeah. So, what? I mean, she. we find out she was Anne's tutor. So mm-hmm. she was closer to yeah. these girls than yeah. maybe we had thought yes. she was. She's not as crazy as maybe we thought. Yeah. Just, she actually <laughs> knows them. Bit. Isn't just like fantasizing yeah. about Yeah. So them. she had to have spent a lot of time with Anne and I'm sure yeah. she felt motherly towards her, which I'm oh, pretty absolutely. sure Adora has said before that she felt motherly to these girls. Yeah. And, I mean, she seems like she's just she seeks out these younger girls to, to like mother rescue and, almost, right. And you know, she says, I mean, she doesn't like how Camille turned out. So maybe she's trying to compensate in that way, but she seems but, very protective of the family in general, you know, of Bob Nash and, and his innocence because he's a suspect too. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Bob Nash is really not rubbing me in that way that I think he's guilty of anything, right. but I was surprised that they had another conversation I didn't think yeah. that they were going to, I don't know. Maybe she was just pressing even more about, yeah. like, why do you think you're a suspect? Mm-hmm. Is it because of the DUIs? Right. Yada, yada, yada. Right. So Adora said, I have a social obligation here or a personal. Do you remember? Yeah. What? Something like but that. But did we see what that was? Or was that an excuse to just come over? I, I, I think that Chief Vickery, we found out that Chief Vickery told her. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. That, and that Which, brings me to uh, my next point because yes, Chief yes, Vickery yes. comes over to Adora's house and is like, both your daughters basically are running amok in this yes. town. And and he kind of pulled the plug and, and told Adora, like, Camille's poking around at Bob Nash's house. And right, then Mama right. Bear goes over there and is like, how dare you? Mm-hmm. And her southern, her quiet voice, yes. like, she's on some serious, like, oh bike or something. I don't know what her deal is. But I, I find her and Chief Vickery's relationship, we find out 
a little bit more that they seem close. Yeah, Adora felt really normal to me in this little yes. chat that they have. Like she seemed genuinely concerned for the case and like what's going on, you know, yeah, she's what's like, the These progress. Girls. Yeah, she, she to me I really liked that scene with her because I was like, okay, she's not this yeah. lunatic right now. She seems like she's having a genuine relationship. With, with another human? With, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I just want to shout out yes. to our live chat. Um, we have up, a guys? few chatters in here, but specifically related to what we're talking about. Aaliyah uh, Jordan says she loves how she figure snitched on Camille um, like Adora was the school principal or something. Yes. That's kind of funny. Yeah. That's why I wonder about their relationship because then he talks about how he caught Emma in the beginning of the episode drinking and being out yeah. past curfew. Right. And so Adora kind of gets on Emma about that. So I, I feel like they must know, they've probably known each other a really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we talked earlier about how this case is just progressing so slow. And yes. yeah, Amy Motorhouse, she says, we're not progressing on this case, more of a character study of a small town, which is such a good point. I feel like we're really get, diving into totally. these characters. I which think is eventually great to we, see. Yeah. I think we will find out right. more. Yeah. About the case. But mm-hmm. I, I do agree that it's more yeah. about Camille's approach to right, it and right. Detective Willis's Well, these HBO to. shows, they're so in-depth with yes. their character development and, like, you know, like she said, a real social study and character study. And Big Little Lies was like that, too. And it was yeah. kind of like the last two episodes. I was just like, yeah, boom, just boom, like boom, 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 yeah. boom. <laughs> we were finding We're out everything. There. So lastly, about the case, we see Detective Willis at the end with Camille and the, at the bar censors again. Yeah. Their favorite spot to take shots of whiskey mm-hmm. together. And um, he basically kind of says, I, I can't do this without you. Like, yeah. I mean, you have this inside track. That I do not have. And he realizes that because she tells him about John Keane. Mm-hmm. That, like, John feels like, you know, people are saying wrong things about him or whatever. Yeah. So he says, I'll answer three questions right. for you. Because that's what she wants in return, obviously, yeah. is, like, for him to tell her what is going on with this case. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I think that's going to yeah. be in episodes to come. Yeah, and so earlier in the episode, Camille was trying to be all sweet and charming at the diner. And... Detective yeah. Willis wasn't having it at all. No. And then at the end of the episode, he comes back around, and then he's trying to charm the pants off of her. Yes. And I was like, wow, that changed fast. <laughs> yes, because I think he realized he was yeah. just hitting a wall with this right. situation. Yeah. That nobody wants to admit it was probably somebody in the town, mm-hmm. and he needs mm-hmm. help from somebody who is from the town. Because he doesn't speak that language. Right. He doesn't know how to speak small town, apparently. Yeah. He's yeah. like, big city. So I feel like this was, okay, now they're together. We saw them coming together, like, we pretty much knew yeah. that they were going to start working together. But now I feel like that solidified it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So. And um, we also have some other awesome shows, not only dramas, mm-hmm. not only really weird murder mystery small town dramas, uh, but Heather's going to tell yes. you a little bit more about it. Of course, if you have other interests besides that. <laughs> uh, but our, yeah, our network produces after shows for all of your favorite TV shows from drama, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There's really no network that works harder to serve television fans, but we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels, and by subscribing to our channel youtube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and you're gonna help after buzz continue to grow and if you're worried about notifications don't be because they're optional so hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our other after buzz youtube channels as well let us know that you did so in the comments and we'll thank you on air and for now thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the espn of tv talk 
Yes, thank you guys so much. And Heather, what other show can we find you on? Yeah, you can actually watch me on Teen Mom 2 on Mondays yeah. and Below Deck Mediterranean. So I'm hitting up that reality section. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I love it. What about you? Um, we're hopefully going to be recapping Unreal Season 4 because they released all episodes yes. on Hulu. And that is their final season. Ooh, we're so sad. Oh. Um, so hopefully we're going to do a little special recap Yeah, episode. and you, you did Handmaid's Tale, yes. which we see... Yes, uh, the character from Handmaid's Tale, Alice. She plays such a like a pivotal role in this episode. Yes, I can't wait to talk about her, Sydney yeah. Sweeney. She's a wonderful actress, mm-hmm. Sydney. We'd love to have you on the show. So yeah. please, please, please. Um, all right. So the next big thing is Emma, crazy Emma, who we are loving this season. I think she's kind of like the underdog for me as far as stars of the show. I mean, you have yes. Amy Adams. And Patricia Clarkson. Right. Um, but then she's kind of the third to that wheel. Mm-hmm. So we first see Emma drunk with her friends. Typical teenage stuff. And I love the line that Chief Vickery says <laughs> when he, yeah, when he busts them, he says, well, ain't this a shit ton of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so good. It's so good. Um, but she is a drinking fool. I mean, what do you, what do we think she is? 15? I don't know. Uh, I, I'm yeah. trying to think how old she is. 14, 15? Yeah, I'm not sure. Live chatters yeah. uh, let us know. I think I maybe know. they said 14. I think we talked about this before. I think she's 14. Okay. Because she says over and over in the episode, I'm almost a woman. Right. So I wonder. I thought that was because Adora kept saying, well, Adora says that I'm almost a woman. Oh, yeah. Which is so creepy. Which, when what does that mean? Like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what does that I don't know. Because in The Handmaid's Tale, that means you're like 12. So I don't yeah, know what exactly. that means so in, she's, in Sharp Objects world. She, she's ripe then. <laughs> <laughs> so she gets caught drinking. And then when she comes home, she runs the like running or is a golf cart, I guess. Yeah. Into the rose bushes and Camille finds yeah. her. And here's where things get really weird. And I really want to know in the live chat and from you, Heather, Mm -hmm. there was a very strange bedroom scene with Camille and Emma where they're just kind of talking back and forth. And Emma is like, I've never had a sister before. And like being oddly provocative and sexual towards her. And I really, I really couldn't figure that out because then she was kind of like probing Camille. She's like, you... You love dead girls. You just couldn't stay yeah. away. So it's like, what's yeah. up with the dead girl thing? Yeah, and she keeps making a comparison to herself as well, that they're so much alike. And yes. I think Emma is really fascinated with the dead girls. I like So I think she's projecting onto Camille just everything that she's feeling in this town. I don't know. I feel yeah. like they're kind of – she's kind of living simultaneously with Camille. And I don't know, just wants to drag her into this – this world, you know, and they're maybe just it's, trying to get her to party with her. Yeah. And maybe it's just somebody she can finally relate to or talk yeah. to because her mom is so stiff and like the girls in the town, maybe she doesn't right. vibe with that way. I don't know. It, uh, yeah, it was a strange a scene. Mm-hmm. It was a strange, very strange. I'm like, and I even said it to my husband. I'm like, is something sexual yeah. happening? He's like, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's absolutely they're happening. sisters. They're just close, like John Keen and I know, know but that's Natalie what everyone Keen. in this town wants to like make that out of nothing. But I'm yeah. curious because then when we see Emma either later on that night or the next day with Adora, um, mm-hmm. she's like, oh, I've thrown up three times. Oh and gosh, then yeah. Alan's like, it's just the chills. Like she basically yeah. acted like she had the flu. Yeah. And Adora's like, we better call the doctor just to be safe. Yeah. It's like, no, she's hung over. Yeah. She's been drinking like your other, which daughter. they know. They know. Oh, of course. Absolutely. They're all just playing this. I mean, to me, they're all, you know, these characters in the dollhouse, mm. they're all just playing their role. That's true. They are. They're like playing house. I'm curious since you've read the book, Mm -hmm. if that scene 
or if these it, scenes are written in a way yeah, that I, I wish a sexual I, thing. Well, so here was my dilemma. I wanted to refresh on the book. I read it when it first came out, but then I didn't. I wanted to watch this show fresh and with new eyes. Yes, yes. So a lot of a lot of um, the book is a little hazy for me. Okay. But I know uh, we have live chatters that are on the case and they really can <laughs> crack down please I, i'm so yes. i'm so curious about what yeah everyone is that. agreeing that the scene was very awkward between camille and emma it was and it was very well acted yeah. and then a little later on we see emma find that golf cart again well we see finally like the whole farm where it says preaker yeah. farms and it's like the obvious they own a ton of land yeah and then we see Emma riding on a golf cart mm-hmm. and going into basically a slaughterhouse, I guess, or yeah. where all the pigs are. And Camille follows her. And it was such a weird, creepy look mm-hmm. that they gave right. each other when it's like Emma knew the whole time yeah. Camille was yeah. following her. She's always putting on a show. Yes, that mm-hmm. is true. She is always kind of dancing around She's and showing She's very off. aware that everybody is watching her. Yes. And it's funny because she even says that Oh, uh, who was it that John liked her? Yes, she yeah. Says that later. She's like, I know that John. He really likes me. You know, he's looking at me. Yeah, even though he's she with just, Ashley, he's I, always looking over her shoulder right. at me. I think she just wants to be the center of attention. She yes. wants to be the only one. I think she doesn't like Cam- that Camille's there because she's stealing her thunder. Well, yeah, because she's like Camille used to be the hot thing, and yeah. like I want to be the hot thing. But with the pig too, mm-hmm. she. There's a guy there with her, somebody who probably a farmhand or whatever, but she takes a specific pig yeah. out of the slaughterhouse right. and then we don't know what happens to it. Okay, what do you think so, happened to well, it? Well, at the beginning of the episode, they're chasing that pig in the in the field. So I think it I is yeah, that. I think it's that they're taking these pigs and using it for fun, oh you know, God. to like chase the pigs. Yeah. It's horrible. I'm and I'm assuming God, killing a the pigs. small town. They have nothing right. else to yeah. do. Right. Well, then we see Adora um, later on kind of reprimanding Emma for being out past curfew. And then she says, Camille is not someone to be admired. You are not safe around Camille. Yeah. So she's obviously not happy that they're growing closer with mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And I think, was it Chief Vickery that said, oh, I'm thinking of the preview. Oh, but- yeah. We won't spoil yeah, that. Yeah, but it, it just relates to, like, who who is actually in danger and who is the dangerous yes, one. Yes, because they both could yeah. be both. Which, and I think that just relates to everybody in the town. Like, we, we really mm-hmm. don't know who's dangerous, who's not, and um, who's this curfew actually for? Yes. You know? For, I, mm. I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of young yeah. teenage girls rollerblading yeah. or roller skating around Emma, Emma seems, she seems dangerous to me. That girl she, is oh God, yes. cuckoo. She is cuckoo. So yeah. so, yeah, she talks about how John thinks she's pretty, and then she tries to get Camille to go out with her, and then we end up seeing Camille and Detective Willis after they've decided to kind of coincide with each other about the case. Yeah, after our drinking. After our drinking on, like, the roof of Camille's <laughs> car, Detective Willis's yeah, car. Yeah. And apparently that was the hot spot in high school, mm-hmm. was the parking lot. But then here comes Emma on her roller skates, drunk. Yeah. And that's when she got, she went from sexual and weird too like hostile yeah and crazy. aggressive yeah she was very antagonizing like pulling her hair and like are you gonna hit me yeah you know what? i wanted her to i know i was do like it, her. Do it. <laughs> and then she put a lollipop in her hair yeah and I was oh like, gosh that is so she's just asking for it i said she shows up drunk acting crazy that's literally what yeah, my note was yeah with her posse yeah but she said something to her like 
are you dangerous like mom says mm-hmm. or like something like that yeah are you and then she went on and on about how camille was like the hot right the hot thing in town right. back in the day and and she what does she call detective bill's dicky is his name yeah. richard it must uh, be Richard. Must be, yeah. She's like Dicky, yeah. Camille, and now they're, yeah, exactly. She's just a provoking mess. So mm-hmm, that's what I can. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Camille's. I mean, Emma is nuts. That's the conclusion yeah. to that story. Yeah, I, I think I, we're gonna get a lot more. Yeah, and one thing that I wanted to mention while they're having that chat before the girls show up, Camille says that Wind Gap was like the Midwest Lord of the Flies, which I thought was really interesting. Because, I didn't even catch that yeah, line. Yeah, so, well, first of all, I love when shows reference books. And yes. obviously this is a book. So meta. But Lord of the Flies, for those of you who don't know, first go read that. But yeah, <laughs> it's like required but, reading for I me. Mean, it's all about kids on an island and the hierarchy that mm-hmm. develops. And I'm like, this is the, you know, the metaphor for the town. Oh, yeah. The kids are running the show. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. yeah, I, thought, I was just like, ooh, that's ooh, eerie. I love that. I'm yes. so glad you caught that. Who is Piggy? Oh. So weird. There's pigs in the town. Mm. There is a lot of pigs yeah. in the town. Ugh. So, <laughs> lastly, the the best part of the episode to me was having lovely Sydney Sweeney come mm-hmm. join the cast yeah. as Alice. Yeah. Um, and I was waiting for that because I knew she was going to be on the show. But we kind of see, and we don't really know. Um, we're assuming it's a flashback because she pulls up to a St. Louis rehab center. Camille does. And I'm kind of like, oh, no, like, mm-hmm. how many times was she at this place? You know, because yeah. she shows up and it's obvious she had been cutting. Yeah. Uh, and so this, it, it looked like she know. cut right before she yeah, got like in. in her car. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so when she shows up, she gets put in a room with another young girl, mm-hmm. um, Alice, and they immediately there's a little twinkle in her yeah. eye and mm-hmm. they form a friendship and you find out um, that Alice is a cutter, too. Yeah. And those were some pretty intense scenes. Mm-hmm. So I thank you, HBO, for always putting something at the beginning and the end about if you are having any, any yeah. trouble with self-harm or substance abuse that you seek help because it was pretty... Very, It was, it was very, hard to watch. Very intense, yeah. And then Camille comments, like, I haven't worn a skirt since college. Mm-hmm. And Alice says, I have a rule three inches above the knee. Yeah. It's and a- she showed us. That's all the cuts. It was crazy yeah. to me. Yeah, which means, yes. and I mean, that Camille is just cut all over. I mean, I, yes. I know we've seen a little bit of it when she's in the bathtub and everything, but mm-hmm. I could just imagine what her whole body looks like. Yeah, because it must be her ankles and yeah, everything. everything. So it, is that when she wrote Fix on her arm? Was that it was right? Oh, it was later. Okay. That was later. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, they become friends, and she sees how hard this is for Alice because she is having a hard time with her family coming to visit her, and she's like, does it ever get easier? Mm -hmm. And the only way it makes it easier for Alice is to listen to music, and that's how they bond. Right, Which is why the music is so cool. We have such a great soundtrack. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So good. But who knew? Like, that was the person that, and she says it helps her be anywhere else but where she is and feeling the things Mm -hmm. that she's feeling, so... Music is awesome. Yeah, she kind of, uh, I mean, that. she seems like a younger Camille. Yes. She so. seems like she cares a lot about what her mom thinks, and, right. and she's really sad when she comes to visit. And there's also little flashes during that time of her in rehab where her mom and Alan show up, and there's, like, yeah. flowers, mm-hmm. but it was edited so jarringly that right. I couldn't really figure out, like, did Alan bring her flowers, and then Adora got mad 
Yeah, I just don't understand why Adora throws the roses on the ground. Like, what yes. information did she learn that makes her so mad that she doesn't want right, to give to them do to do that? Her. Right, but then Alan, you know, he's kind Five of a peacekeeper. Help me. Yeah, he's kind <laughs> I don't of a peacekeeper. That. So I, I think he's always trying to be amiable, and you know, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what's happening there, but but that she coincided that the redness of the roses, and then. When she helps Alice fall asleep one night with music because she's distraught, she literally goes to make a phone call for like two minutes. And then when Camille comes back, Alice had either drank bleach. It looked like, yeah, it looked like she drank bleach or whatever and cut herself too. Yeah. So she was dead. Yeah. And Camille can't take that, obviously. So she goes and throws up, which I hate watching people throw up on TV. She was throwing up blood too, it looked like. It was like brown. Yeah. It was gross. So this awesome shot where she's throwing up and then she sees the screw. She doesn't even hesitate. And she doesn't even she just unscrews it and starts and I mean I was like I can't yeah, and I saw your yeah. face when you were watching I it. I, I can't like, watch. Oh my gosh! So she carves into yeah. her arm because I yeah. kind of felt like Alice was what could have happened to Camille. Yes, you know, or Alice could have been Camille and like survived and I know gone through and because that's know. what she said to Alice. Yeah. She said, "All you can do is survive. That's yeah. all you can do. All you can do is survive." But she mm-hmm. carved the word "fix" into her arm, and then yeah. immediately the orderlies took her, and so she obviously yeah. didn't get to go yeah. any further. But that kind of led into the crazy ending where she starts right, driving right. at like she starts oh my gosh, remembering yeah. all of this, yeah, in her now present day, and speeds to the point where she starts imagining some girl in the road. I thought it was the woman in white. It looked like the woman, the woman in, white. in white. I oh, or gosh, a kid in white. Like a, gives me chills. I know. I was like, is that Alice? Like, ah! Is it Alice in yeah. white? Or... I know. I don't, I don't know. know who that I was. couldn't. I couldn't tell who it was. Um, <sighs> but, but also, yeah. the one little piece that I'm also live chatters, please. The stuff about Alan is bugging me because yeah. you also see him at the end. You know, all edited in with her fast drive mm-hmm. as a bunch of flashbacks and all these things. But there's Alan who steps outside of the house after him and Adora had had a talk, and he was like, "Do you want me to stay with you tonight?" And she was like, "No, I don't. I, I don't. I don't think, think that's... that's necessary. I don't think yeah. that will be necessary." So obviously they sleep in separate rooms, yeah. and then he goes outside and like bites his fist, yeah. like he's yeah. trying to. He's like holding. I mean, he's yeah. just holding back. He's very subdued. I think we've seen that from the beginning. There's just like. Even when Adora is angry, I don't feel like she expresses it fully. There's yeah. always kind of like a controlled anger with her. And I feel like that's the same with Alan. There's so much that he probably wants to say or do and yes. can't because they're putting up appearances. And they're Southern. And I feel like yeah. that's a Southern thing. Yeah. So with yeah, with Alan, oh gosh, I'm sure yeah. he just wants to escape. But I, I, <laughs> or I, I found it interesting that they don't sleep in the same bed because they, we've seen them dance together, and yeah. I feel like they've had. I thought they were on the same playing field. Well, yeah, and she says you're so good to me. So right, so not. Um, so. But I do want to say that Aaliyah Jordan thinks that Adora threw the flowers because they told her they had to cut off the thorns because it's dangerous for Camille. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, which totally makes sense. I love that. Thank you, Aaliyah Jordan. That's That's a a really good insight. Well, guys, that is the bulk of our show, but we are Mm going to get into our special segment, The Feminist Chronicles. Extra, extra. (laughs) 
All right, Heather, so who yes. are we highlighting today? Welcome to the Feminist Chronicles. Welcome. Yeah, so we're highlighting Barbara Ehrenreich, who's there an American is. author and political activist who has written 21 books. Wow. Insane. She's from a small mining town in Montana. She was born in 1941, and she became really involved in the women's health movement in 1970 after she had a first child. She's been advocating for better health care for women and greater access to health information. Nice. She um, she was really uh, – she, she got a spark to write because of the women's health movement, and she wrote this pamphlet entitled Witches, Midwives, and Nurses, A History of Woman Healers, and it became an underground it. bestseller. She ended up quitting her job at the um, – State University of New York, and really began her writing career. She's been a highly published author, columnist, essayist, and she focuses on social injustice and inequality, activism on such issues as healthcare, peace, women's rights, and economic economic justice. So she's doing so much. She's such a great activist. Uh, she might be best known for her book that she wrote in 2001 called Nickel and Dimed on Not Getting By in America. She spent three months doing an experiment where she was trying to survive on a minimum wage. So she Yikes. worked, yeah, and she stayed in the cheapest places she could find. She was a waitress. She was a hotel maid. She was a house cleaner. She was a nursing home aide. And she was a, a Walmart clerk. Wow. And she's really helping change the way that America perceives the working poor because She's like, you can't survive on this. Yes. So you can have yes. you have so you have all these jobs, but you need to have multiple jobs. You can't just have you can't just be a waitress or a hotel maid. You have to be both. Yes. You know. So uh, she's doing a lot in terms of that. She's won a bunch of awards. I can't even name all of them, but one of them in 1998, she won the Humanist of the Year Award Ooh. from the American Humanist Association. And this coming November, she's going to be awarded the, um, well, she's going to be given the Erasmus Prize, which is an annual prize awarded to individuals that have made exceptional contributions to culture, society, or social science in Europe. And it's presented to her for her work in investigative journalism, which obviously Camille. Yes. Investigative journalism. Camille. Yeah. So, and she's just... Barbara is just an exceptional journalist and activist. She wrote, I want to end on this quote with her. She said, as a journalist, I search for the truth, but as a moral person, I'm also obliged to do something about it. And that's from her personal website. So I love that. Yes. And I'm like, okay, so if we're relating this to Camille, is she just a journalist searching for truth or does she feel an obligation to do something about these murders? And at I this, think it's both. Yeah, at this yeah. point for me, I, I don't necessarily see much of her obligation to do this because she does not want to be in wind gap. No, no, no. But I think later on, she's going to have, she's going to feel an obligation to get down to the bottom of, of this the more that she kind of gets intertwined with, yes, with everything. Yes, and starts to remember and get to know the people in the town and all of that. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. Well, Barbara Anreich, thank you very much for your work. Yes. Um, we are on to some news and gossip really quick. Mm-hmm. After Buzz TV News. Yes. So we remember in the final moments of the first episode, now that we've seen a little bit more, that Camille 
um, climbed into the bathtub, we see things carved all over her body. So obviously this was really hard for production to figure out a way to do because they couldn't necessarily just always show Amy Adams cutting herself. Um, that obviously is a lot of problems from a production standpoint. So Jean-Marc Vallée had an idea to kind of hide these words that she carves in her body in the book in different places in the show. So if you are watching here on YouTube on your mm -hmm. screen, you see the word hurt um, on a picture behind um, the grieving mother at Natalie Keene's funeral. So um, that's a word that only Camille is seeing. And it's kind of little Easter eggs for the audience if you pick up on them. Um, so, like, the word scared is on on her car. You see the word wrong flashed on her car radio. Um, the word girl is scratched into Anna's dollhouse. So those are all words that, in the book, she describes carving onto herself. But in the show, to make it easier for production and a cool way to do it is to just put them. Yeah. Um, but it says if you're paying attention, you see it. Gillian Flynn, who wrote the book, explains, but if you miss it, it's not a big deal either. I'm not a huge fan of things you must see, but I think those are lovely little notes for Yeah, people. I love that creativity. Yeah, so now mm -hmm. if you guys see those, you know what they are from now on. And also, Amy Adams will be playing another character that drinks a lot. And The Woman <laughs> in the Window, directed by Joe Wright, mm -hmm. who also directed The Darkest Hour. The film is based on a novel as well as about a child psychologist who can't leave her home, drinks a lot of wine, and spies on her neighbors. She sees something horrific while peering out her window... But does she really? So the film has officially started production in New York City for anyone who is yes. hoping to catch a glimpse of our very own Camille Preaker. Yes, that's another great yes. book. So uh, really quick, I just want to have a quick little prediction from both of us. Mm -hmm. Yes. Your After Buzz TV predictions. So, Miss Heather, what do you think is going to happen? All right. We're going to get more facts about this case. Yes. Camille and Detective Willis, they are going to get at it. Yes. And I think we'll have new suspects. I hope so. That is what I'm hoping for. And yes. I think Emma is going to go even more off the train She's tracks. Yes. I think we're going to get a lot more flashbacks of Camille when she was younger. I oh, think she's right. going to yeah. yeah start showing mm -hmm. Detective Willis a little bit more of of what her memories are of the town when she was that age and I and I just hope that that's going to um, open a lot more into the case and maybe something that happened back then is related to something that's happening now. Yes. yes I would yes, love yes. that little piece. So mm -hmm. Um, as always, you can find me at LesliePowers15 on Twitter and LMPowers15 um, on Instagram. And Heather, where can we find you? Yes, you guys can find me at 500 Days of Heather on Instagram. Such a good handle. <laughs> and as always, please go on iTunes and give us that five-star rating. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Join us yes. on the live chat next week. We are always here on Sundays at 8 o'clock, and we will see you next week for the Sharp Objects After Show. Bye, Bye guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! Herein are those of the hosts only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.